electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. The bond market is closed on this Columbus Day, but stocks will open as we get set for a big week. Q3 earnings, a SCOTUS hearing, an Apple event, Amazon Prime Day, and more. Our roadmap is going to start with stimulus deja vu, though. Talks reportedly at an impasse, but the White House says it does expect Senate Republicans to fall in line. Plus, all about antibodies. AstraZeneca strikes a deal with the U.S. government, and Regeneron CEO downplays President Trump's treatment, saying large clinical studies are ongoing. And, of course, we have a lot of earnings in the week ahead. Bank earnings first, Apple's big phone launch, Amazon's Prime Day, the retail impact from that, and, of course, what it actually is going to mean for the stocks that you own. Carl. Hey, Jim. Um, This morning I heard you talking with Andrew a moment ago. A growing sense as we keep an eye on uh, stimulus talks that maybe the market really has focused on the front burner, more talk about antibodies, and we're going to hear what Len Schleifer told CBS in a few minutes. If you didn't know, Carl, uh, and you read the research this morning, it's almost like they got in a room and said, okay, you recommend Facebook. You talk about Amazon. It's your job to talk about Alphabet. It's your job to raise your numbers, Microsoft. I mean, it's a concerted effort, not a national conspiracy, but a concerted effort to take up Every one of those, whether it be Amazon Prime, whether it be the big uh, 5G day for, for uh, Apple. But, I mean, you, know, you take a look at like a Microsoft comment. And what's a Microsoft? It's just basically a, De- a Deutsche Bank taking it from 230 to 245. And then you have Deutsche Bank with Google saying, listen, this one is underperformed. Now, David, these stocks are indeed off their high. OK. And so they have something to say. But the thing is. They're all saying it at once. It's like this weekend they just got mojo. Yeah, Jim, it's just, you know, we can go back to I don't know how many conversations we want to have, whether it's about valuation, whether it's about future growth, whether it's about the underlying fundamentals that we've said so many times, the acceleration of a digital future, which is already here in ways that we might not have anticipated for a few more years. But do you think there's a level of complacency at this point in the market that just says, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm okay, not worried. I was going through with some people who are, have been in the market for many, many years. And I said, this, I said, how long can it stay this easy? How long can you just throw darts at the NASDAQ and hit Snowflake or hit uh, Twilio? How long can you get a merger with Twilio paying a huge amount and the stock going up? And I think the, I think the, the complacency is such that it, it would normally draw out some sellers but, Carl, I mean, I think there's a genuine, genuine belief that it doesn't matter who wins. It doesn't matter about stimulus. There are enough, there are enough trends out there uh, established by COVID that just say, get long. And, and the number one, of yeah. course, is the Internet. Just plowing through. Uh, you're right. You're right, Jim. 
You're right, Jim. Even though the daily case count uh, is rising on a seven-day average, uh, the hospitalization coefficient is nowhere near what it was uh, in the summertime. Meantime, uh, Congress, to your point, appears a lot more interested in Judge Barrett's confirmation than it does uh, perhaps another stimulus package. And speaking of which, we're going to keep our eye here on Senate uh, Judiciary as Judge Barrett begins what we think will be four days of hearings, Jim. And McConnell has made it clear this is his priority, uh, regardless of what the president or Pelosi or Mnuchin or Meadows may may think. Well, look, I looked over uh, what Secretary Mnuchin's offering. He's kind of offering what I thought the Democrats want, uh, 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 and also a level of flexibility that I think is pretty clear that if you really wanted to make a deal, a deal could be made, except for in the Senate. And, David, you've been saying this over and over again. The Senate is not focused on returning money to the people. The Senate's focused on the V-shaped recovery. And on these hearings. And on those hearings. hearings. Uh, That seems to be the priority, as Carl said. Uh, That said, do you really want the president signing, if you are the Democrats, if you're Nancy Pelosi, do you want the president signing some sort of big relief package with his name and checks going out with his name on them to a lot of Americans, Jim? Twelve hundred. You know, we've got 22 days till the election. It just it it seems uh, very difficult to imagine based on the Senate, as you point out, and Mitch McConnell and where his head's at and where his members heads are at and Nancy Pelosi and perhaps a resistance to having anything really get done prior to the election at this point. Well, they're talking about uh, $1,200 to use to the Robin Hood contingent, if you wanted to be specific to our show. Uh, but $1,200 check with uh, Trump's uh, John Q, what is, with his John Hancock, is going to make it so that I think the people say, all right, I guess I should vote. This guy just gave me $1,200. I'll vote for him. And I, Carl, look, we're not, we're not election people, but the fact is, if you got even more money into this market, then the complacency would actually seem like it was a good idea to get long. Uh, I, I continue to believe that the banks are not going to be good, uh, that Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley would be good, but these are all ETFs. Now, why those two? Those two do not have the bad loans that I see surfacing. Why, why someone downgraded American Express last week? Why it looks like the Bank of America can't get out of its way? Why Wells Fargo is not the stock to own? And, and these guys are going to determine how earnings season looks. And we know in the last couple of days, Carl, that we're going to have, I think, a series of, of banks. Like, what is City up? It, 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 why is it up today? I'm is City going to say that our problems are done? But, Jim, where do you see the real problems? Is it going to be in the consumer? Is it going to be in the credit card portfolios? Is it going to be commercial real estate? You know, some of all. Mm-hmm. Some of all. I just think that those are the areas that needed the, the help. I mean, I, don't think, I think that you've been able to not pay rent. So, therefore, the landlord has not paid the bank. Uh, I don't know why I listened uh, to an uh, analyst this morning. He was basically saying, it's clear sailing from here. What? 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 What's clear sailing? Who's doing better? I mean, a couple of restaurants? Who is doing better? Well, we know who's doing better. What, the Bernadette? No. No, 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 no. My point, the point you keep making. Costco's doing better. Home Depot's doing right, better. Right, the ones that Lowe's rich doing get better. richer. Amazon's they, doing a lot better. They don't borrow. Right. They have their own cash flow. Walmart's doing better. Target's Walmart's doing, doing advertising. You see that piece today? Yeah. I thought that was very good. Multiple expansion. Now, I mean, Carl, look, I, if I were a banker, OK, all I'd be worried about is the uh, bank examiners coming in at Wells Fargo, coming in at City and saying, you don't have the controls that we need. I mean, geez, it's tough to buy them. Look at Morgan Stanley made a tremendous acquisition, I thought, last week. Second one really distinguished them away from the bad loans that they never made anyway. But look at the stock. 
I mean, look at the regional banks. I mean, is this the quarter that they suddenly come out of their dormancy? No. I, I just think that this is the wrong way to JP Morgan. Will you let these stocks go? Let's see what happens. I mean, Goldman, I'm very worried about because it's a good quarter, but then the stock is up from like 190. Morgan Stanley deserves to be higher. But Carl, I just think that I wish I wish these stocks were reporting at the end, not the beginning. Yeah, yeah, we 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 sometimes say that going into earnings season. Uh, Jim, I wonder, you know, um, uh, there's a backstory. Cashin's got a good note this morning saying that uh, traders, at least the traders who actually follow the markets closely for a living, not the financial press, have not been sort of uh, distracted by all the stimulus talk. It's more about the quality of treatments, even if it's a case study of one in the case of Regeneron's cocktail and the president, something that Len Schleifer uh, did mention yesterday on uh, Face the Nation. Take a listen. The president's case is a case of one, and that's what we call a case report. And it is evidence of what's happening, but it's kind of the weakest evidence that you can get. The real evidence has to come about how good a drug is and what it'll do on average. It has to come from these larger clinical trials, these randomized clinical trials, which are the gold standard. And those are ongoing. Interesting piece over the weekend, too, Jim, in The Times about... What it means for pharma when they start to become a bit of a political symbol, which some argue the president is doing to Regeneron. Well, I, I look, I, I've known Len, I don't know, he was my first guest and, and uh, Dr. Yankopoulos. It, they, they're trying to make as many doses as they can. I mean, enroll Roche, I think he's trying to, frankly, he was under-promising. I think they can over-deliver, but it is a very hard uh, drug to make. But the president, what was he talking about, supermarket garb. I mean, super, I'm sorry, Superman garb. Um, yes, David, that's true. Yeah. And, and I just think that Len is trying to be um, conservative about what he can deliver. Uh, I think that David Ricks can make more, but his is less of a complex uh, cocktail. I look, look forward to Dr. Fauci tonight on Shepard Smith. Why? Because Dr. Fauci seems directly at odds with the president at this point. Uh, just uh, David, you know, I mean, he's even... They're even quoting Dr. Fauci in a Trump ad, and Dr. Fauci's trying that. to say five, you know, from five administrations he's never I, endorsed anybody. I know. I saw that yesterday watching football, and I was surprised to see Dr. Fauci in that ad. And then immediately after on Twitter, you saw a lot of his uh, comments saying that right. it was taken out of context and that obviously right. he never would have allowed it. He's never uh, uh, showed up in an ad like that, as you point out. So he certainly took issue with being used in that fashion. To the manufacturing well, issue, Jim, on the end. Did you watch Crowder? For fantasy, what were you watching? Because just... I was watching, I was watching Kansas City and uh, Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Then I was, I was watching say... the Jets. Well, I was going to warn you. Then I watched uh, the Cowboys and the Giants. Well, there which was go. actually a good game. It was a great I mean, game. that horrible injury, but. But do uh... you think that the ratings are going to be good? Because I've got to tell you, it's some of the sports. Yeah. I mean, my wife is watching the doll at the same time that I'm watching, doing my fantasy lineup. Then there's just games all over the place. And Carl, I have to tell you. There's too many games. I mean, there were so many games at one point. There's the Lakers winning the championship, uh, some really important football games. Now we've got the season going on Monday night, on Tuesday night. Because uh, of COVID, there's a sports overload, and somehow it's turning into bad ratings. Yeah, game three was the lowest-rated NBA final game ever. Prior to that, the record was game two. And prior to that, the record low was game one. Uh, so something's going on. I, there's a big debate over the weekend about whether that's uh, fans who've been turned off by the NBA politically or, if, uh, to your point, whether it's just saturation of content. 
Well, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, the, or the, the Yankees season game itself. was a big game. I, I mean, mean they did play the season in a bubble. It's not quite the same without people in the stands, even as an experience. The Titans are in a bubble, a COVID bubble. Yes, they are, Jim. They yes, need Len. You know, I was thinking, you know, Carl, you can't just give Len. You can't have Len call the Titans and say, listen, uh, I have some, you know, not like the president. But, but back to this manufacturing issue that, you, that we started somehow with sure. before getting to NFL somehow, ratings. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of questions as to how many doses they'll actually be able to manufacture, Jim. Given, I mean, as, as Carl said, thankfully, hospitalizations are way down, but cases are not. We're still 50, yeah. 60,000 cases a day. If you want to give it to every single person who tests positive, not that you would. Maybe you want to see some symptoms before you do that. There's not going to be enough of it. No. And that's exactly what you need to do. It's the point that you get it. Uh, as, as Dr. Ian Koppel said on our show, if you get tested at 2 o'clock and it comes back the next day at, that you have it, you really immediately need the Regeneron cocktail. Immediately. Right. And you got to get it infused, so you got to go somewhere that you can do that. You can't just get a pill and pop and pop that in your mouth. No, and I, I think that a lot of people are very concerned that, including men, that, that that there's an expectation, Carl, after what the president did, where oh, I too can get that, and that was just the president certainly gave you no no uh, inkling that it can't be like that. Now I don't know how you know how do, do we know how Len is going to dispense this stuff? I mean, did the government buy all the doses? I know the government's entitled to it. I, the government could own it. It's like they own all the Abbott tests, but yep. they don't seem to. No one seems to like these immediate tests. They just love the uh, overnight PCR tests, especially the colleges, by the way. I just want to hear. Yeah. Uh, I just want to well, hear Lynch Lifer do the Christopher Walken watch scene from uh, Pulp Fiction. They sound identical, right? I mean, they really do. <laughs> I think there they is. may both be from Queens, but <laughs> I just want to hear that. Will Len do that for me sometime, Jim? Len will, I, I have to tell you, Len is such a great guy. He may call in and give it to you. <laughs> I had this watch. I won't go into it. He can do it great. This watch. Yeah, this watch. <laughs> um, yeah, Jim. Well, if Regeneron's on track to have 300,000 doses by the end of the year, that's as many COVID cases as the world is printing every day. I'm not now, obviously, very few of those are going to wind up in the hospital and need this cocktail, but that sort of gives you a sense of, where manufacturing is relative to the daily caseload that we're seeing around the globe. And we haven't yet mentioned what's happened in recent weeks in Italy and the U.K. and France. India. And not only are we hoping that that doesn't turn into a death curve, but that we don't suffer the same dynamic here. Well, remember, Lily may be the linchpin. I mean, David Ricks has not he has said a million okay, that he can do. I think David Ricks and the manufacturing at Lilly could exceed that. So what you put together, Regeneron, maybe Regeneron can do 400,000. Lilly, maybe they can do 1.2. You get 1.6 million. Let's say you get that number. And then I think you can get things under control. Uh, there's also a new handheld PCR that I had, Vivis, on Friday that is rapidly be accepted, uh, uh, which gives you, uh, it's one and done. You, you can measure it. It's a PCR. You get your results in 20, you get your results in 20 minutes. We are going to beat this thing, and science is going to beat it, but it's just going to take a little longer time than the president's, uh, the, the president's optimism. Uh, call it optimism. Dave, I'm calling it optimism. Yes, you are. Can I just do one thing? Sure. I just wish Dak Prescott well, because yeah. as much as I'm an Eagles fan, I like that guy. Yeah. Anyone who watched that knows it's worth mentioning. Let's wish him well. Well. Yeah. 
think we're all, all feeling that way yeah. today, Jim. We'll take a break here. Uh, plenty of research to get to. A lot of initiations of snow, uh, which are pretty interesting. Upgrades of Twitter, Pepsi, Levi. Downgrades of Cisco, UAL. Futures are green. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Snowflake is up in the pre-market. A number of firms initiating coverage of the cloud data platform today. Goldman's out with the buy, 268 target. Deutsche, Mizuho initiating buy. J.P. Morgan is a neutral at 247. Uh, Goldman and J.P.M. were among the lead book running managers for the IPO just last month. Jim, cloud migration and secure data sharing are strong secular tailwinds, says Goldman. I thought that Goldman's piece was very, very good. And you, now, look, I was with some people this weekend. You said, how can you defend that? How can you defend 100 times sales? I mean, it's ridiculous. Why can't someone build a better mousetrap? Now, the answer for that is that this thing is built for the cloud. But if you look at these, Deutsche Bank, too, if you look at these reports, it's about how, uh, it's really amazing, how Amazon's uh, service Microsoft service and Google service are second rate and they literally do not talk to each other. And if you want a product that can make it so that you can get instant analysis, instant analysis of your data rather than a day uh, that's on premise or rather than be able to just do, let's say, some in a couple hours, you have to use Snowflake. So you need this to be able to handle your data. And the pieces all say the same thing. Indispensable, Carl. This company, Frank Slootman's company, is indispensable. Out of nowhere, we, we don't even know why, but we do know this. If you, if you have to have data instantly, you have to hire Snowflake. And everyone wants instant Can we data. give somebody a real-life example of how this helps a business, Jim? I, I mean, I know okay, I'm just so throwing that at you. But you have a lot of, no, that's all right. You have, a lot of, you have a lot of data that is stored in Amazon Web Services. Right. Okay? Amazon Web Services, uh, these analysts say, does not have a great system to be able to do, look at the data. So what you have to do is you have to look at the data via uh, in the warehouse, so to speak, via Snowflake, and then with Tableau, which is uh, penny offs, to find out what the data really means. Uh, and no wonder that, that Benioff got so much stock, that Salesforce got so much stock. I, I, you know, these things, if you read through J.P. Morgan's piece um, and they're neutral on it, you can still see why they like the darn thing. It is just a better mousetrap. And, could, and here's the worry why you wouldn't want to buy it. That Amazon wakes up, that Andy Jassy says, okay, that's it. I'm putting these guys out of business. I'm going to take my, uh, my data silo business. I can beat them. Amazon's is eight years old. And that's not enough. You need to be able to run everything simultaneously in all these guys in order to be able to find out what's going on. And nobody seems to be able to compare to Snowflake in terms of being able to figure out your data. Figuring out your data, David, may mean taking share from everybody else. Right. All right. So you're ma- in real time, you're understanding changes that may be taking place that you can then quickly make changes to meet. Yes, and in English. In customer demand, in whatever it might be. And, and we can do it. And as opposed to even waiting a day, which 
But you don't need to be a computer sales. scientist to do it. That's the other thing that Sloopman has. You don't need to be, I mean, like, you don't need to have to learn. Look, I like Alteryx. It's a great company, um, which is also easy to use. But what they're doing is they're creating a group of systems now that make it so that regular, bus- regular people, not computer scientists, can look through their data. And there's still a lot of business that hasn't moved out of Oracle and IBM. We listened to IBM last week. And uh, Snowflake is the winner. So uh, they're disrupting a $60 billion data management business. And I think, and I'm going to put my neck out again, I think it makes sense. I think you, I think you can buy it. Really? You can yeah, buy it here? Buy it. What's the multiple to revenues right there? 100. What changed? Two weeks ago, you were like, don't buy it at 100. I, 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 I'm sensitive to these analyst reports that really kind of lay out the problems with Amazon that I didn't know. I didn't know the problems with Azure. I thought that they had clear sailing against, uh, against Snowflake. You know, Carl, these are good reports. They changed my mind. Yeah. I stayed open. Yeah. When and the facts the, change, David, I changed my mind. Same what time, do you do, sir? <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, questions. you know, this downgrade of Cisco at City uh, talks about companies shifting purchasing decisions, which we'll talk about uh, after the break and after the opening bell in a few minutes. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Let's get to a mad dash as we, about a minute and a half till we get started with trading uh, for the week here. Jim, Pepsi's the name. Yeah, Dave, you may not know, but there's been nearly five years of relative underperformance to PepsiCo versus the group, consumer packaged goods. And Citi, a very, very good analyst, Wendy Nicholson, we've known for years and years, changes, changes her view. It says it's time. Uh, now's the time to buy Pepsi. And they feel that uh, this is a piece about Raymond LaGuardia just being able to make it so that there's a re-rating, uh, raising the price target. Now, remember, also, we are a stay-at-home, work-at-home economy. And that means Fritos. That means snacking. And that means PepsiCo. And I like this piece. My chapter trust knows it. I like this piece for the simple reason that this is the kind of stock that people at home can buy and I not no, you can never just close your eyes. This is but this is the anti snowflake. So you can buy some snowflake if you have some PepsiCo, because I think it's PepsiCo piece is very straightforward. It's consistent organic sales hasn't gotten its due. I like it. And you have for a long time. Yes, but I've been wrong for four years. Right. This says I've been it's been underperforming. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out. Yeah, it is worth pointing out. Right? There's a lot of listen. It's important to. It's important that we look at things in terms of their performance versus their peer group and obviously the S&P. That, that does say a lot, Jim. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think that when you think of PepsiCo, you think of the liquid, right? 
I think of Frito-Lays and snacks, and I think it's on fire. Carl, I like it. I like the company very much here. Not expensive versus. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not just a beverage company, Jim. You've helped investors understand that over the years. There's the opening bell as we watch uh, some of the breadth fill in. Uh, Some of the other upgrades, Jim, sort of remind me of you, like this benchmark upgrade of Ford. Uh, They go to buy $10 Target. Yep, new management. The depleted pickup inventory reminds us of things you've been saying the last couple Uh, of weeks. Well, Jim Farley, the CEO, whom I've met and know, is a guy. First of all, he's a car guy. Uh, it, which helps because the other guy was what a, a steel cabinet guy. I mean, David, that, I've never felt that that jived. <laughs> but the great thing here about this is that they don't want to lose money anymore. What? Look, I, mean, I know that sounds like, wait, are you kidding me? I mean, what company wants to lose money? But by getting rid of a lot of stuff that loses money and a lot of countries that lose money and focus on the F-Series tailwind, and I always, I always measure the F-Series, the trucks, by how much they cost used, of which they are very expensive. They hold their value. Uh, I come back and I say, you know what? This one's going to 10. Ford is going to 10, David. And it's Ford versus GE. I'm talking about that tonight. Ford versus GE. Ford, yeah, who's going to get to 10 first? Oh, right, because it was a $10 spot, recommendation yeah, on I may have GE to spot on Friday. Larry Culp, uh, yeah, I may have to spot Larry Culp a couple of, yep. couple of pennies there. But I like that. Who's starring in Ford versus GM? Uh, I don't know. Ford versus, I mean, Ford versus GM. Hopefully Matt Who Damon. Who should be Ford? Love Matt Damon. And it should be Matt, Matt, Ford, uh, Farley is Matt Damon. And who's Larry Cole? Uh, I, I, I haven't thought about it yet. I'll get to, I'll get to my casting thoughts in a, in a moment. This is, it's coming to me. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely coming to me. You getting um, it? Yeah. It, it's uh, Mr. Fring who's playing the boss in, uh, in The Boys in season two. Wow. Okay. I'm not there on. I'm not oh. there on that one. Sorry. What? Yeah. What are you? No. No. I didn't Carl, even know you not, had he time. Hasn't the boys, I, don't, Carl. I don't even know you had time to watch TV. Aren't you busy picking tomatoes in your suit? Well, I, if you want to see what it looks like to pick tomatoes in suit, I, this is a call for. I uh, I said when I saw this and I didn't respond. I was like, of course, the tomatoes demand respect. When you walk into their house, you wear a suit. Well, I mean, right. Uh, Look, I don't like to get out of my suit, okay? It's really more of that. I mean, I come in, like, I have a cup of coffee. This is, this is Saturday morning. I get dressed up to go into my garden. And then wait to see this thing that I pick. Because this thing is, is I don't know, David. I'm going to send it to you because I don't even know what the heck it is. When you see this thing, I hold it up. This is a sign of, I'm puzzled. Really? Oh, if you can tell me what this thing is, I would love it. Um, because it is, someone told me to use it as a bird's nest. Oh, look at that. It's a gourd of some kind. It's a gourd. Yeah. Birdhouse. But see, that's the way you garden, Carl. Wow, that's nice, I mean, a nice, lot of people get way. into <laughs> yes, yes. You know, That whole course, scene is really nice. I but, just like that whole thing. Well, Twitter's recommended today uh, by Deutsche Bank. Now, yeah. it's interesting that most people were very critical of me, saying, we don't think that you should, could you, why do you do that? Is that to show off? How can you do that? A good Italian suit. Do you, are you ever not trying to show how wealthy you are? It was a joke. People. It was a joke. I usually wear like Carhartt and jeans. <laughs> I understood it as a joke. No, but Even you know I, else did. who well, basically Jim, know that you wear a suit more or less 24-7, uh, I, I still know you did. Maybe, maybe your suit 
maybe your suit is the reason Twitter's leading the S&P uh, about four and a half percent well, I mean, on that, that piece, Deutsche upgrade that Jim mentioned. I mean, this is another one, Carl. As they go to 56. And remember, Pivotal upgraded uh, just the other day on uh, the 23rd. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just have understand that there's just not enough. There's been a tremendous move since the pandemic to find any place to advertise. And uh, Twitter has become, uh, you remember, they had the daily average users go higher. Ned Siegel was talking about that. Uh, this is what's called a re-rating. I want people to understand what a re-rating is. What it is, and says PepsiCo was too, is that analysts are just saying, you know what? Buyers are going to say, I'm willing to pay more for Twitter earnings. Now, David, that's not what we necessarily want. We want earnings to go higher. We don't want just a, an analyst just saying, you know what? We right. should pay more for that same set of earnings. No. And that's what's going on with this Twitter piece. It's interesting, you know, and uh, obviously the stock is very strong, as you see, up 40, almost 50 percent year to date. And to your point, uh, by the way, a couple of thoughts. I mean, Dorsey's still the CEO. I'm not sure how long that will continue. At some point, you know will something? he move up to executive chair? You know no, not necessarily. I'm just just sort of positing a question there. Uh, you remember Elliot is still there. They're on the board. Remember Jesse Cohn? Right. Uh, um, wasn't he going to be in Africa a lot of this year? Yeah, that, well, that was the game plan. And a, and a lot of their workforce, they're letting work remotely right. open-ended. Not Ned, Ned Siegel is very much yeah. the spokesperson of that company. Yep. And Ned came out with a very hard view that analysts do not recognize the acceleration that they've had. Now they're beginning well, to recognize. to a certain extent, the market's recognized it, which comes back to a name you mentioned earlier, which is Alphabet. I mean, when you look at the underperformance of Alphabet, to our point earlier on PepsiCo, versus the NASDAQ, let's just broadly speaking, which is up 30% this year. It's pre- and talking about ad platforms, Jim, that's the most dominant one that's out there. It is very uh, unnerving to see that that stock has not done anything. And a lot of it, I mean, if you read through the Snowflake pieces, a lot of, it tr- a lot of them trash Google Cloud. They just trash it, say it's just going nowhere. They're just not even hitting the radar screen, which I, I think is wrong. I think it's doing better. Have they, managed, have they managed to be able to get anything out of YouTube? I don't think so. Remember Waymo, the yeah, uh, car? Man, of course, of course. I remember when we used to talk about autonomous driving every day. It's that called was years Wayno. ago when we it's thought by Wayno now, now. we'd be Wayno. looking out and seeing autonomous cars all over the place. Well, it's Wayno. Yeah. It's Wayno. Yeah. yeah, Wayno. And then search declining, right? We always see that it's declining. So we, you, we're, a lot of people are hoping that the House bill, that antitrust, yeah. that's the savior of Alphabet. That they actually have to split yeah, it up. Some of the split parts it up, that YouTube some of being run independently, shrink to grow, would be much yeah. better No, focused. I mean, these I guys the press need House right intervention. Now. Yeah. Yeah. They get, if they get House, I'm not I, now, like people but, say. By the way, you're still talking about the dominant, dominant platform. I mean, they have a monopoly in search. So what? Their margins are incredible. Nobody cares. They generate time, enormous amounts of cash. It's a preferred way to advertise. You want to be at the top of the queue? Yeah. I think that they've, the companies, it's 33 times earnings. You take out the $100 billion in cash that they don't do anything with. Right. Because you don't make any money on the interest. And suddenly you have a company that is doing well everywhere. And yet and all the, every single country picks on it. I know. But the stock does nothing. Yeah, because it's not getting bought. So it's not getting bought because it's not getting bought. Exactly. Wow. Right. I like that. What's that? A sil- syllogism. It's genius. After 33 years of reporting on financial news, that's what I've come Well, maybe with. it's time for you to move yeah. to other kinds of news. <laughs> no, know, thank news that- you. I'm staying right here. Don't Perfect. make me. But anyway, uh, Carl, uh, I, th- I like uh, Sundar Pinchin, good guy on the call. Ruth uh, Porat, unbelievably good. Uh, but they just don't able. They're not able to explain a story 
These other bets are not you know, the healthcare bet they never talk about, which I think is so good. They always talk about how much more it costs to be able to do search, and yet they are so dominant that you almost believe that they don't want the Justice Department going after them by saying, listen, things aren't that good. It's like when Intel was so dominant. Hey, AMD didn't buy Xilinx, yeah. David. Not yet. You have oh, any you updates for us? No, do you? You're the act. You've you got more on this than I do. I, uh, when, if they happen, happens, well, I think we'll cover it, but I don't have anything. You got nothing? All right. I got nothing either. I got nothing. Um, NVIDIA is buying ARM, but AMD, but nothing. Uh, you know, you would expect it, given the language used in the Wall Street Journal, which I have to rely on here, unfortunately, because I don't have any of my own independent reporting. You would expect when they use the words almost imminent or very, you expect a Sunday night board meeting. Well, I didn't Monday think the Zionists were to sell. Or, or Lisa Sue was not telling anybody. Didn't happen. Yeah. How did they get that? Lisa Sue's not telling anybody, and Xilinx doesn't really want to be bought. You don't think they want to be bought? No. They just turned the place. They just literally turned it. But do you know that's the fact? I mean, everybody says they well, don't want to be bought until they're signed on the bottom line. Well, I mean, they, I had them on. It's a price they couldn't I mean, I had them on. Look, they could be saying, hey, listen, you know, let's just go on and say we don't ever want to be bought. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. No. David, do you know what Okta does? Um, kind of, yeah. You know, they're the passport for the web. Right. Uh, it, it's web security. If you just follow Okta, you will know where this market goes. It is the ultimate leader in this market. It's up 112%. I had Todd McKinnon on Friday. It's very hard. You can go back and forth with Okta. It knows you. It's your identity. Carl, this stock is never talked about enough, but this is a $31 billion company that literally makes it so that people know it's you. Like, if you go on MLB.com, I don't know if you guys use MLB.com because you're Mets fans, so there's really no reason to. And it knows you. That's how it knows it knows you. That's what they do. It knows you. That's Okta. And that's the stock to follow. Stevie Cohen uh, era has just begun, my friend. Just you wait. My friend? Just you wait. Carl, right? Am I right? He knows I'm right. Carl knows well, I'm right. I- I, 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 I thought I'm sure there's some schadenfreude going on with you, David, as, mm. as the Yankees now have to face what mm. they're going to do next year. Yeah, <laughs> it's not easy to keep losing just at the very yeah. end there. Yeah. yeah. Did people have mass? Uh, Jim, Apple, highest? Yeah, Apple's amazing, right? Apple's at the highest level since September 4th, Jim. Oh, I wonder what you think we're going to be talking about uh, in the next 24 well, we hours got, we about got this 5G, new phone. But, and, and I don't know if they're the dominant 5G, but I will say this. The guy uses the term supercycle. When you hear supercycle, Wedbush, we had a coal supercycle once, David. We had a frack sand. We had a fracking sand supercycle. Now he's talking about cook kicks off supercycle. Don't do that. Don't set up expectations like that. This piece is bad. Uh, the piece is bad? What are you expecting, though, when we actually get the... Well, because you want expectations. The announcement. No. China demand a linchpin to Apple's 5G supercycle with this president? This president, you call China the linchpin? He hates China. That's the linchpin? He could tweet right now that he heard us, of course, only for another network, that this is, no, I'm stopping this 5G cycle in its tracks. If he knew that China is well, the linchpin. Well, listen, 5G is a national security concern here in this country, as you right. know, which gets to the conversation. Right, well, that's my point. About. Right. Not TikTok. Um, but doesn't mean that Apple's not, they're doing a lot here. I mean, it's very important. There is a super cycle going to take place here, conceivably, when people finally do get these handsets in their hands and can start to use the networks that are being built by all of our 
by our three major carriers, and then we're still right. waiting for Dish. Uh, buy, buy Skyworks, if you really think this is. That's the number one in terms of, uh, of just sheer amount of 5G. It's been going up. I have Marvell Technology. I mean, 5G makes it so you have no latency. So if you want to watch, like I watch all the highlights of everything, it, it, any blue circle is gone. You, put, you load right. Netflix, David, that's a, a network that you get to watch. The consumer application Point. side, though, is, I think is yet to really come. I think it's much more powerful immediately sort of in the enterprise. It's more powerful in a, in a, a, a factory, a facility where you can have ch- things that, uh, that immediately have right. feedback because chips are on everything. And right. There's no Cars. latency or even surgery. Think about what you're going to be able to accomplish there with remote surgical procedures where somebody can, because you can move whatever it is you're moving, from wherever you are, immediately. And no, no, and no stopping. No latency. You're absolutely right. So you'll be willing to take risks. Carl, you can take risks that right now there's too much chance in, in something that's mission critical to use 4G. I think what, here's what, 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 what Marvell Technologies told me is this thing is every bit as good as a landline. So, like, you know, whatever a landline can do, 5G, uh, whatever landline, it can do better. <clears throat> And that is what makes 5G, when you think about it, there is absolutely uh, no correlation with 4G, which is they, which a lot of these guys are saying is pathetic versus 5G. Pathetic. Remember, it's all about latency. You're right, David. Industrial. Let's say you're using auto, uh, your driverless cars and you've got well, eventually, GPS. Right. Eventually, it will become the key behind the backbone behind autonomous vehicles if yes. and when we finally do get there in terms so, of on the grid and want, all of them communicating right. with each other and being able to use information. Well, so that, no, none of these analysts, Carl, is going to say that 5G, you know, when you're talking to Marvell or the analysts who cover Skyworks, none, none of them is going to say, listen, it's incremental. I mean, because it's not incremental. It, it is something that I, w- that I can't wait to get. I think that tomorrow we're going to see this, but I don't like the, the expectations from grand entrance for iPhone 12 Keep the expectations lower. Don't do this to Tim Cook and his team. This makes it sound like, you know what? The, 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 you're never going to be able to get it. There's so much demand. Carl, that's not good. That's not what you want when you're going to do a meeting. Don't buy the stock you're up for. And I love Apple. Don't buy it. Buy Walmart, Carl. All right, let's, uh, let's get to uh, Bob Bassani, get a take on the broader market here. Good morning, Bob. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Uh, happy Monday. Uh, four straight days up in the S&P 500. We've moved 150 points in the S&P in four days. We're now 75 points or so from the old high. That was early September. Got a little bit of a gradual melt up. Last week it was on cyclicals. Today it's on the old fashioned mega caps. Let's take a look at the markets that are moving here and the sectors that are moving. I just want to note China, MCHI, which is the broadest China ETF, that's a new high for that. China's been on a tear in the last few weeks. Tech, also strong today, consumer discretionary. So remember last week, we saw the cyclical names like industrials and banks rallying. This week, we're seeing a little bit more favoring towards uh, uh, the other areas here like tech and the old school uh, uh, industrial names here. Uh, If you look at some of the mega caps after that, just want to show that, put that up in the reopening stocks, too. Uh, airlines are a little weaker. You see that? Last week, they were doing well. Industrials were doing well. Textron, 3M, Honeywell, they're lagging a little bit. I think there's a little bit of concern about the stimulus story. These things tend to do better when the stimulus is, is doing better. And instead, as I mentioned, mega caps are strong today. They tend to do better when stimulus is not necessarily doing as well. And you see Apple, Amazon, Facebook, 
Alphabet, Microsoft, all to the upside. Uh, work from home beneficiaries, the Etsy's, the Adobe's, Activision's, uh, Electronic Arts, they're also generally doing a little bit better this morning. Salesforce uh, slightly to the downside. So what matters to the markets right now? There's four things that really are moving things. Number one is the stimulus. Everyone keeps asking me, why is everyone so obsessed with stimulus, pre-election, post-election, partial, comprehensive? It's the bridge to the vaccine. That's what it is. And the markets believe that the that the, vac the stimulus so far has been very successful keeping the economy afloat. That's number one out there. The vaccine and the reopening story has been generally positive, and that's been helping the earnings situation. Get to that in just a second. The contested election still is out there, but there's a little less concern in the last few weeks. You can see that uh, in some of the volatility measures that we use here. As for a blue sweep, that's still way down on the list, hotly debated about the impact. We'll talk about a little bit more in the coming weeks if that, in fact, emerges as a possibility here. Uh, in terms of earnings, that we're in the middle of earnings season. It's starting tomorrow here. The good news is the numbers keep coming, improving. July 1st, we were expecting 25% decline in earnings for the third quarter. That's awful, folks, but it's gotten better. Look at that. Today, it's only 21%. Why? Well, because the analysts have been overestimating the downside and underestimating the positive, frankly. And this is certainly very positive. Normally, analyst estimates tend to not get better. They tend to get worse because they tend to be too optimistic. This is the opposite of what's happening now. That's a good sign for earnings. The other good sign that I see, and I've been emphasizing this, the early reporters, they've just been killing it. You know, your FedExes, the other names that are reported early, we have 22 companies reporting so far, third quarter, 20 have beaten, and the average beat has been 25%. That's an extraordinary number. I keep emphasizing that. Normally, you see 3 4 5%, and everybody's sort of happy with that. But again, way above the estimates of the analysts. And that indicates, again, analysts are being too conservative. And as a result, most of these companies, the majority of the companies that reported have actually seen their fourth quarter numbers raised a little bit. What's the good, the bad news? What should we look out for? The bad news is that we are still hostage to the vaccine and the reopening story. If this gets notably worse, that's going to impact the fourth quarter earnings. And David, that's why you're seeing the volume on up days much lighter than the volume on down days, because analysts, Carl, analysts are concerned about what's going on and uncertain about the fourth quarter. So there's not a lot of conviction as the market starts to melt up. But as you can see, Carl, it's dragging people in here four straight up days, and they've been powerful up days by and large. Back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. Uh, yeah, as the S&P is making its first trip above 3,500 since early September. Uh, later on this morning, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on everything from the stimulus talks to how his state is handling the pandemic. We'll take a break here. Be back in a minute. Stephen King is no stranger to seeing his novels turned into movies, but over the weekend he uh, saw firsthand how theaters and uh, struggling theater chains are struggling during the pandemic. He writes on Twitter, I went to the movies last night, first time since February. No problem social distancing. Saturday night, seven screens, four total customers, including me and my nephew. I feel terrible for the film industry, Jim. Uh, wow. Uh, just a couple of days after we found out that Broadway is not going to open until May of next year. Wow. And uh, I've tried to read every single one of his books. Uh, I just think he's unbelievable. The short stories that just came out are just fantastic. If anyone wants to read them, and, uh, outside are very interesting. And he knows stories. He knows storytelling. And for him to say that uh, is misery. I mean, that really is just, it's just trouble. And the, what he does, wow, that is unbelievable. I, you know, my wife wanted to go to the movies, and I said no. You did? Yeah. yeah. I liked how you used one of the great books 
in, and became a movie in how you describe it, Jim. But it goes back to, of course, the, 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 uh, the decision to delay releases from our right. big studios, Disney, of course, our parent company as well, Universal. Uh, and there's no calendar. I mean, what, no, what, you know, no what are calendar. you even seeing in the movies right now? Are they even making any movies? I think they're making them. They're starting to make them again. But, but you know, Stephen King, is, he's a hero. And he goes and feels terrible for the film industry. What does that say about AMC Entertainment and Adam Aaron? Trying so hard. Wow, Carl, this is a different era. The movies. See the movie? Yep. This is a total yep. Roku Netflix triumph. Roku. Yeah, that's, it's, it's for sure, Jim. That's why we're seeing, obviously, the street respond to some of those names like that. Hanging on to 3,500 here. I'll take a break and be back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I had Chip Berg on last week. He's the CEO of Levi Strauss. Uh, Morgan Stanley today upgrades it to overweight. I think it's a very good piece. They've got a, a differentiated model doing a lot to direct to consumers. Stock have been hit. They're coming back. I really like it. Is it the next... Uh, I, I, it, I don't want to put it as as is, is the next like great, you know. It's not Lululemon, okay, but it's better better than a lot of other apparel companies. VF reports soon. I like Levi Strauss. I think it should be bought, and it's a fifteen dollar Robinhood stock. Sixteen dollar Robinhood. Robinhood meaning people who buy yeah. anything under twenty. I have a Robinhood <laughs> stock on, by the way, uh, Dave, as my guest that David ought to watch. It's a SPAC. Sports Entertainment Acquisition Corp, run by Eric Grubman, who used to be the executive vice president of the NFL and is a part, was a partner at Goldman, uh, ran Baltimore Gas and Electric, was a submarine commander, and now you can buy a company that he's running, and it, it's going to be terrific. It's a little $10 stock, so uh, Robin and people pay close attention. They're all $10. Yeah. They all have a dream. Yes. I like that stock. I like that guy. Grubman just... He's money. Rudman is money. People have to trust me. Just like you have to trust every spec. Jim, Gentlemen. we'll see you at 6. Great uh, show. Money, of course, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, very good. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.